0: Well, hey, good everyone. <laughs> Let's go again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Heston Russell Voice of a Veteran Podcast. It's been a while, but I have assembled a team of experts, my advisors in life, essentially. Some of them you know, one of them is new, and I'm sitting here with copper on my lap, licking away if you're tuning into this on the video, but... Um, yeah, I might just run through the panel. The first man you know, Scotty Evanett, We served in the Commandos together and we sort of started the Voice of the Veteran podcast a few years ago together. Scotty, welcome back. Good evening, buddy. Thank you for having me. Lovely, lovely to have you here. And the lovely lady on the end of the lounge is none other than Miss Sam Asser, who's been on here a few times and is my partner in crime on all things, everything. You need Sam.
1: The, the crowd cheer button on that one.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh, we, sh-
2: don't know what, we don't know what button <laughs> it is. But oh, I I won't press it now. Have a go, Will.
3: All right, let's see if I can know this.
2: Oh, <laughs> thank
0: you. that was well done. One in eight. Well done, son. That's why I'm the guru.
2: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sam,
0: and now, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mister Will Burnett. So Will is a veteran himself um, from the Air Force days and PTI and lots of other things. But Will is also the man who ran all the way from the west coast of Australia to the east coast of Australia, running an ultra marathon plus each day because he's a very, very sick man. And um, that's actually how we got connected during his incredible exploits and will thank you so much for coming on thanks brother thanks for having me. will does a lot of other things as well and we'll get into that because what i want to do is to basically be selfish and grab this podcast to talk about myself and the journey that i've been on particularly the last few weeks um, at the time of recording this podcast just a few weeks ago i just pretty much had the first ever mental crash that i've ever had came back from the u.s and literally felt like my head was broken uh, and I know that many veterans have spoken to me beforehand about being in the hole or falling in the hole and I've just never ever ever pushed myself to a point where I've crashed and I crashed for a good week and a bit and it's these three people who were there to help me during that time <laughs> that this too shall pass is a key theme that's now <laughs> going to be a bumper sticker <laughs> but literally I, I as I said to Sam I said I want to go sit in a hole um, I wasn't suicidal but I was just did not see purpose facing forward and all of a sudden for the first time in three or four years had reflection and even I was over in the US and I remember even saying to people I love the way my head works because I'm so pragmatic that I'm here in the moment and looking forward I don't care about reflecting and and moving back and the last three weeks and dig that first week have just been a massive journey of self-discovery as I've realized my entire life is a whole bunch of as a whole process of compartmentalization, putting things in boxes, moving on, um, not having to face things that I don't want to, and literally everything from my memory, my short-term memory and all the rest. And I figured out that I have a body that primarily just operates off um, dopamine and endorphins, love achieving, love crushing things, fueling myself with sugars and caffeine and whatever other um, substances I can to keep myself pushing forward. Um, and I went over to the US and... Went on a guided process of MDMA and ketamine and overloaded my system with dopamine, with um, oxytocin, serotonin and all of a sudden had this amazing physical reaction where I literally lost four and a half kilos of this fluid that I literally just had forming this layer to protect me around my body. I had my bloods taken before I went and when I came back and just the um, cortisol levels were through the roof, my testosterone levels were an all time low and just the physiological impacts of the endocratic system that I'm learning so much um you know my sense of taste was gone i've been living with sam for so many years with she's been drinking her filtered water and i've always said i couldn't even before i went to the u.s i literally said to sam i can't taste the difference between tap water and filtered water
2: i don't think you ever tried to be honest you just rolled your eyes <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's <a bias> <laughs>
0: Exactly. I, no i did the I, taste mean, is. I mean i remember that i couldn't even like smelling my colognes and things like that was so hard to. and i see my psychiatrist once every two weeks and Sam knows this more than most. I literally remember sitting to him going like, I just want to feel like joy and happiness. I felt like I was so wound up and just ready to attack. I was My whole fight or flight system was just ready and I was worried. I was worried looking forward to this ABC case that someone was going to say something, something to me on the steps going to court and I just like snap. and I never snapped before in my life but I just felt that so highly strung. And from what I hear... <laughs> Apparently everyone else has been noticing this (laughs) and I've been the last person to notice it myself. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been an an amazing reflection piece and just go and want to talk to you all because I mean you've been there these last few years where I realise I've just been in my mania. I've literally been so driven by the purpose which has come from wanting to clear my platoon's name from this ABC marine herder pop story that it has led me on this with full strength and gusto and everything I've I've, you know, applied and acquired in my life to this course, which has been, you know, now taking the ABC to court, but even setting up the Australian Values Party, setting up the political party, taking all these actions were all this manic driven state of what I thought needed to be done. And if anyone told me otherwise I just push it out or I was strong enough to just push past the comments. And I wanna know what you guys got to see and what that was like from your perspective, Sam. <laughs> Um, I I just, the self-reflection I have is like, I could not imagine what it was like to live with me in that state and you were doing exactly that.
2: I mean, I'm just thinking where to kind of start Yeah, (laughs) and not from a, from that place, just because you've been through, what you've been through is not easy. So you've, you've gone through phases where if I can talk directly to the mania piece you're saying in the last probably six months, you've operated from a place of like you're under attack, which you kind of have been. So you're constantly on the defense. So your body, to me, has mimicked that and the way that you've interacted with people or just your lifestyle has, has uh, I guess yeah mimicked that under it like i've got to watch my back because i don't know what is going to come at me at any moment and i need to like have a bat ready to like bat it off because like you know so your nervous system has been so jacked like that that it's taken every peripheral off and just made you laser focus on like in case i have to have my own back i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fucking ready um and so while i think that you've always been on purpose i think it's just been really hard for your nervous system to take in anything else around where you've been going, if that makes sense. And so, like, anything coming in, um, any kind of feedback or any kind of, like, a different offering of of something, it was really hard for you to kind of take that in because you were like, no, 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 if I I get off course here, then someone's going to, like, take me down.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, And I think a key part during the last six months, I think – we'll jump on this topic in a moment it's been the whole separation of mental health and physical health you know i see a psychiatrist ever since i had my like suicidal ideation in 2020 but that came from a place of overwhelming purpose it didn't come from a place of despair or depression or anxiety or any of that and i've always sort of then been treating my mental health regime completely separate to my physical health regime and that's like you're saying about this whole nervous system piece i'm not the guru i've got other experts here we'll have a chat in a second but Just not recognising how my body was responding to my mental state has been like the biggest fascination for me. Like Sam and I were shortlisted to go on this um, reality TV show earlier on in the year and I remember doing the psych questions and it's like, how often are you aware of your heart rate? How often are you aware of your breathing? How often do you feel stressed? I was like, I'm not aware of my heart rate. I'm not aware of my breathing. I don't feel stressed. And it's like, holy cow, like now where I am... I can feel myself taking short breaths and I know to like take larger breaths. I can feel when my heart beats, getting frustrated, speaking with the lawyers and stuff. I completely lost all of that like intimate self-awareness of my body and hence I was shallow breathing. I was starting to get like even mobility issues in my thoracic. My body was becoming inflamed, full of cortisol, starting to hurt my joints. It's incredible. and That, that was, was all the coming, norm. Yeah, it was all coming y- your from... Your new norm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting
2: because you can speak <laughs> so well to you know, who you were in, in special forces and, and your lived experience and you've given talks throughout this time of, like, here's what to do and, like, here's what a leader is and blah, blah, blah. But you weren't able to notice that you, your self-awareness had gone, your situational awareness has gone, your ability to be present had, been, had gone. And I think that is, that is normal when somebody's nervous system and, and yeah. fight or flight has been kicked in and you're in survival mode.
0: Well, I think it's because I've never had that benchmark. So my whole thing is like having a mental crash in the lead up to a court case with everything else that's been going on is just so foreign and even shameful and emasculating to me initially because like I'd never been pushed to that limit on countless deployments, missions, things like that to suddenly be like, you know, a crash over a court case and all these other external pressures that aren't life or death. That's been the hardest part for me because when people say, oh, you must be stressed, you've got lots going on, it's like... Well, no one's shooting at me. None of my guys have their life on the line. Like, and for myself, I refuse to um, recognise any of those symptoms that is actually, hey, your body is in stress and it's telling you that you need to stop or something's going to happen.
2: Yeah. And it's layers. It wasn't just like, oh, this thing that's just happened. It's actually you've held it in for so many years now of this being outside of the military and what you've been fighting for and who you've been advocating for and how you've put yourself at risk in these different ways has actually been layer upon layer upon layer upon layer because it's just like gotten to this point now. It's not just this thing that's happened in the last few months. It's actually been years in the making of your, of your system being able to handle it until it can't anymore.
0: Yeah, I get you. And Will, I, I gave you a call. So I flew straight back from the US and went straight to Nana's funeral in Perth. And um, it was funny, I was on such a um, nostalgic and euphoric high coming back from the US and that's when all of a sudden I just crashed. And actually, <laughs> I was a fucking, I was a mess. I was like crying and I just couldn't control my emotions. I had to put my headphones in and just walk around in the lobby of the hotel. It was actually incredible because like my mom and my cousins and all that were like so mature with this conversation because I've always been like the strong person. I've always been this and I was just like the mess (laughs) trying to eat a lettuce leaf in the corner because my appetite was gone and everything. (laughs) you're the last of the party <laughs> everyone knew That's we've all had chats party. we've all had chats going okay when this goes down
1: everybody stay calm <laughs>
0: and this is what I real. and like this is why I love you all I just came back to I, I was putty and I come back to a place where you're all like yeah we knew this was going to happen but <laughs> I now realize like, I couldn't be told and now I have this amazing insight but will we like, I called you when I was in Perth. I was like, man, I think I've done something. Like, I think I've broken Broke my, my brain. brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was like, I was crying on the phone. So? <laughs> and I, said, I think I've broken my brain, and I thought I'd just gone too hard on um, the medicine over there in the US. Mm. But like, literally, literally, in twenty-four hours, I watched my body lose four and a half. Kilos of fluid. And I remember before I went to the US, I said to Sam, I'm like, oh, I've got my mum's legs. And I thought it was fat. And it's funny because I was like seeing a trainer and like getting bigger in the gym, training, working hard. But it was so hard because my body was just, you know, depleted. But we were doing skin fold checks. Mm. And it's funny, I was getting bigger, but I wasn't losing skin fold, which we thought was fat. It's just fluid. And over 24 hours, my nervous system did this this Mm. reset. I all of a sudden became ripped like a cheetah like I haven't been in, you know, four and a half years. And that was the most incredible thing for me, literally look in the mirror and say, holy cow, what I've done for my mental health has just had this massive physiological change to me. Mm -hmm. But my head was putty, and hence I gave you a buzz, (laughs) mate. Talk talk me through that.
3: (laughs) It was actually quite a unique conversation because it was like you rang to hear the answers that you already knew that were there. Yeah. And, and you were, like, ready for it. And so when we, when we had that dis- discussion, I said, how do you think you've broken your brain? And you talked me through that process of the states. It made sense on paper that you'd had this huge high with the people that you were with over there and um, the therapy that you'd gone and done. And then, so there's a few things that have happened. In the therapy, you've gone into a space where you've been able to identify the things that you'd been compressing for so long. And as human beings, we store information and energy in our tissue, right? And if it contracts long enough it'll, and you choose not to uncover whatever that is, it'll stay there longer and it won't come until we, we look at it, right? It's like shining light on a shadow. And so in your therapy session, you've had the opportunity to bring these things into the light and they've like escaped from the tissue. Now, the cool thing about that on a molecular level is the fluid that you lost or that part of the fluid, hydrogen, the, the liquid itself is part of the process of burning energy, right? And in the process of therapy, of you going through these deep transcendental experiences, you're burning a lot of energy, yeah. right? And this is something we, um, we talked about and looked at the other week when we got together and we we're going through myofascial release, we we're going through some body work, yep. and we we're identifying that parts of your body were so contracted that even getting into some positions was really uncomfortable yeah. until we worked the tissue a little bit yeah. and then we we brought your nervous system back down and then gave you the opportunity to really just be like Ugh, and your body did
0: and it's been incredible realizing the body that's been lying in weight under there like even doing that all that abdominal release with you like realizing how contracted my um diaphragm has been and even just how that's impacted everything breathing thoracic mobility issues with like rib and shoulder absolutely it's just been incredible and i think you really helped talk me through in that conversation the realizations of the other stresses that i've had and this is this has been this whole sexuality piece this has been this whole juxtaposition of being so well received back here in australia talking about veterans issues which is seen as a very sort of conservative side of um the political sphere but then being gay which is seen as a very progressive side and then going to the us which i've now realized has like such a spiritual connection for me i mean mum called me charlton heston after you know the us's biggest actor back in the day through to when i was there with the rangers 2015 that's when i accepted i was gay and told my sister and mum and i found my tribe like at that time i was with those people the same people i reconnected with when i went back to the states who because i was in special forces i told them like i was an accountant at the embassy you know this (laughs) this is all in this is all in la i like to say a lot of people i've met in la um they, you can tell everything that they own, they wear on their sleeve or they drive with their car and Mm -hmm. they go back to their apartment that's still got like carpet in the bathroom. I've literally been on a bad pickup like that. But um, (laughs) so there's a lot of people who try and put everything they own in front of you um, as like a comparison piece. And then I turn up, I'm just like, I'm just some shit kicker accountant at the embassy. Tell me more about you. And I form these relationships back then that were based on me being in the moment being the person there and then, without them knowing anything that I've achieved. Whereas back here in Australia, so much of my identity is what I have achieved and what I am doing to achieve. I have not been present in the moment. I've been waiting, who's going to attack me next? What do I need to justify? What do I need to campaign to support my guys? I've been completely pendulining between the front and the back, between um, future and past. And I got to sit there and feel joy and feel happiness... And be overloaded mm-hmm. and then come back to an environment. And you even said it, mate like your body's having a reaction to the environment, but mm-hmm. like there is that physiological reaction, eh?
3: Absolutely. And that's what you know, what Sam mentioned before the, the information that you're receiving in your environment or picking up, your body's taking that in, and that's directly correlated to the way that you breathe. Because yeah. when your bo- when your nervous system goes to that sympathetic state, or even more beyond that, into a mobilization, which you were, you're in a mobilization. Um, your breathing has to replicate your your stress state, right? And if we're stressed, it's like this <laughs> short, sharp, fast, yeah. through the mouth, up into the chest, and then the diaphragm and everything else participates with the same breathing mechanics, and you just get used to that. And it's like Scotty was saying before, it's your new normal, right? Yeah. And so you just got used to that,
0: yeah. and that became your new normal. And it's so fascinating because <laughs> that's think we've spoken about beforehand. My last job was running, redesigning and running the commando selection course, and when the guys finished the course – we adapted the whole Rio. So the first two lessons I did, the first one was um, stretching and mobilisation. They got issued like a yoga mat, a trigger release ball, a block. And the second one was uh, stress recognition and uh, breathing techniques. (laughs) And I remember, like I took away Brock's breathing, I took away eight breathing. Whenever I do like a media interview, I'd always do like some breathing beforehand. But I was just, everything that I've been doing, because I've never been pushed to my limit, everything that I've ever done has been like, Yep, I can grab this to help others. I've never used it to help myself. I've grabbed the little bits that I think I might need to help me keep treading water. But, like, none of it's got to the point of, like, stop, deconstruct, reconstruct, which has been, the like, I say, someone slammed on the brakes and I hit the windshield three, three weeks ago. Because ultimately, <laughs>
2: like, how how valuable will you be if you can't help yourself in order to actually help other people?
0: And the, all three of you have said that at some stage in the last yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but But, like, the real biggest reflection for me is how dangerous it can get when I'm in that state mm. and my need to have people that can just rip me out of it and, like, aggressively mm. rip me out of it. And I'm not saying, like, that's anything on you, lads and ladies, here, but it's actually, like, I need, like... An, older male figure in my life who i can trust to come in and say like heston you're doing something shit or i actually just need like give you guys a trigger word and be like hey man i
2: think that's actually a great idea because like from my perspective of being so intertwined in your life there's been so many times where i come in my little feminine nurturing way of being like hey like can we talk and i need to give you feedback and like all of this stuff and then it wasn't until i think two days before you left for the US, yeah. where I was like harboring resentment because I was like, I know that he's not in a place to hear me because I've tried and he's not hearing it and I don't know what to do and now I'm mad about it and I'm just going to hold it all in because he needs to get through this time and that's what I do. I'm like, oh, they, they're going through something so I'll hold my shit in because like they can't handle it right now. Yeah. And then we're like mid-meeting and I think you brought up something about a spreadsheet <laughs> and I was like I'm just like mad about it I'm mad and I'm mad and I'm frustrated With and then it's like Sam <laughs> hands.
0: and so Sam had like a bit of a you know crack at me and a bit of a breakdown at me. And it was so funny I just went defensive I'm like what are well, you doing actually no
2: in that moment because I went emotional and I went like like batshit crazy yeah. I you you paused and you sat back like hang on shit Like do I and you? But you listened and you went defensive. But you, but I knew that you heard me in that moment. Yeah, enough to go. Okay, well, I'm gonna fix this issue because this is an issue and like she needs help. So, but I just knew that you heard me and that was enough for me. Yeah, I think. But prior to that, I was like, he's not hearing me. And then I think knowing that you were going away to the US and having a break, it was. It was just like relieving to go, I got that off my chest. And so it maybe have kicked a bit of questions in your head as well.
0: But even that, like I was in a place where I was literally waiting for something to snap. Like I was worried that I was going to go and drink myself stupid. I was worried that something was going to happen. I think we had this conversation. Like it just felt like driving the car into the wall just to like do something to feel it and get that aggression out. And uh, it's so interesting because I was so close to like cancelling my trip to the US as well. But um, it actually really made me think, mate, about um, how we're able to perform to such a high level during our time at the Commandos. And mm. this is something that I've really said to Sam afterwards. like, it was, the system was that if you weren't at work, you couldn't physically be doing work. So remember, like, when we came back from deployments, it's like, hey, you're all going on two or three weeks leave. And as soon as you left the base, you couldn't log on to your computer, you couldn't do anything, you had to go and live and be present in the moment. You couldn't physically achieve anything. And I just truly realize in hindsight how much of a good schedule we actually had with everything from pt in the morning the tribe around you all the time weekends like you were disengaged back from deployments you would disengaged we had that extreme you know nervous system overload of the operational tempo but then parameters to deload
1: do you reckon you deloaded though when you're on break
0: i definitely did i remember yeah. like most of my breaks were literally going back to mums and playing with my nephew and like yeah. Yep. just living the simple life eh? yeah and that's what i've sort of forgotten everything we do these days i feel like i'm meant to have this expect. expectation well, people have this expectation of me you know to do things and achieve things
1: well for me that that's that same process that you talk about and then the environment of work that's what i believe is ptsd when s- people ask about ptsd not not what you've seen in battle not Not, you know, anything like that, but more so the conditions and the environment that you've been in for so long, when you get out here, they don't exist. Yeah. You know, that's the hard part for guys. It's like, where is that? Where is that pace or where is that that I'm looking for? Yeah. You know, dudes really, really struggle to even put their finger on that that's actually what they're feeling.
0: Yeah. And this has kind of been my, look, anyone listening to this, I'm not an expert, but like You know, I've been diagnosed with PTSD long ago and I keep saying my PTSD is, you know, feeling that I'll never be that cool again, all that responsibility and that amazingness I had. But I think PTSD for me is much more of a physiological thing where my nervous system is completely geared to run on dopamine and endorphins and achieve and, like, I don't flight, I fight, I fight, I fight and and ready and willing to at the drop of a hat. And that's actually it. Like, there's been a physiological indoctrination that has consumed how we respond.
2: Unless... It's you will be able to talk to this. The Body Keeps the Score is a great book, and stuff that I'm learning right now is I'm dealing with post accident trauma that's stuck in my body, and my intellect and my mind is so far ahead of where my body is. And so I think, Yeah, I'm cool, and I've gotten through this, and I'm you know, I'm sweet, and then something will happen where I'm like, Oh, and then it's my body saying, No, we've actually stored something here that you need to work through that's related to trauma. And w- could you speak more to that, Will, around like potentially what Heston is talking about around holding it in the physiology and how that comes up later?
3: Yeah, it comes out in actual behavior as well, right? Because you're addicted, you're addicted to the chemical release, to the response. Yeah. Right? And if you've been in a situation or upheld an identity, quote-unquote, where you are consistently getting that reflex or that yeah. response from that chemical, um, and then you no longer have it and you can't get it, you'll go and recreate it somewhere else and you'll create a simulation that represents whatever it is that you were doing and then you'll get that feedback chemically and then the body actually keeps it and manifests it physically, yeah. right? So all patterns of behavior are now built upon this identity that you once had and then you don't have it and so, okay, I don't have that thing but I'm addicted to the chemical, I'm addicted to the behaviors, the habits, I need to recreate that. And so you like you are saying... Um, Wondering whether I'll ever be that cool again or, or the other things that you were saying. Like, you left and then recreated another simulation of Heston Russell yeah. to live in that moment again. Yeah. And Try, now getting the release. Trying to
1: adapt the same speed, that, which looks completely different to uh-huh. when you're in special operations and when you're out here. Yeah, absolutely. Think, things that, that go that fast out here
3: usually are not good for you. No, or, nope dangerous <laughs> and your body will remind you yeah. like yeah. the the body keeps the score a fantastic book by Bessel van der kolk he talks about <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you get royalties <laughs>
3: shameless love it, love it. Um, he talks about uh the trauma storing in the body physically yeah. now a response or a reflex to the the situation isn't the trauma the trauma are the patterns of behavior or the chemical reaction that we get as time goes on how we relate to the accident itself or whatever the whatever the trauma is caused by, yeah. it's not the actual event, and so you could have um, an acute response to a level of stress or arousal, heightened state of arousal, and your body will dump a whole heap of chemicals, and you'll have that res- that response. If you don't process it or allow it to process itself, you store it like a computer. Like a computer stores memory, yeah. you store it, and then it stores in the tissue, and then later on it shows up. And if you don't create an opportunity for yourself to process it, you create disease or imbalance and then long-term that turns into disease. Yeah.
2: So I'm noting that a lot of guys and veterans that I speak to are amazing at compartmentalising, mm. could potentially things that have happened in service be not necessarily something that comes up as like, oh, that doesn't bother me at all, but it's stored in the body?
3: Absolutely. I mean, the, the nature or the context of the situation uh, – may not be traumatic, but the nervous system or the body in general may have had a physiological response to the thing, right? Yeah. Psychologically, you may not have, and I've, I've always believed this, that LSF soldiers, they're trained to go to war. You're trained to go and shoot people and be shot back at, mm. right? There is a certain degree of training that you go through a lot to be able to process these things. And it takes a certain individual. This is why the men who wear green and sandy color berets, are who they are because you've been selected through vigorous training. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the process of some of these things happening, psychologically, they may be processing on the fly. Most of them probably are, right? But the physical aspect of it occurring, uh, both from the skin receiving information all the way through to the tissue and the organs, it's picking up that information and saying, hey, you're in a state of survival. Your psychological reflex is, I'm not in a state of survival. Yeah. I've got a gap, mm-hmm. Right.
1: Well, that's what I was talking about before, though, is that the day-to-day of being in the military and, and then then special ops is the communication, yeah. the ranking structure, your actual ability on the tasks that you do. Everything is fast. Everything yeah. has an extremely high standard. And that lifestyle and environment, even though it's enjoyable and all that sort of, it's a continuous dose, uh-huh. then, yeah. right? It's not just those spikes that you do get in training and in, in overseas, but it's just a continuous dose. And then it's just like, where is that continuous dose now that I'm out of the army? Uh-huh. So where is it? Where does it live? How can I get it? Or I've got it. It's actually continuing. That's what I've found is out of the military, it doesn't stop. The nervous right. system still doing the same thing. Yeah. But you've got nowhere to put it. Right. You know, those tasks aren't there anymore. That communication isn't there anymore. You well, know, I think that's, that's Standards what, exist, but you've got nowhere to put it.
0: And once you, like I was even looking back at some of the old Afghan videos and stuff, we've got like, in combat that was my flow like that's the whole comparison piece the clear mindset and just you know my brain was just processing stuff so fast with such clarity and making so many decisions and knowing where all the teams and all the choppers and all this were like just the level of performance of my head and mind during that period is that constant point of reflection for me um mm. and that's the fascinating part where then you know i get. I've realised I've been in this stressed out state from such smaller issues, but it hasn't had that same environment around me, that same team all the same structures that actually facilitate that super high performance. And I guess even looking back on my time at Tucumato, when you saw guys along the way, you know, have their mental health crisis, their mental health issues, is actually appreciating that, you know, we all just sort of have mm-hmm. that limit and it just has to finally catch up.
2: I'd be keen on all inputs here around... I don't necessarily feel like humans these days are built for living in the society that we live in. And whilst you say that you were at your best in that environment, do you think that had anything to do with the fact that you had no like interruption or disruption from anything else it was just like that's what your mission was that's what you did you didn't have instagram feeds facebook feeds twitter walls. you didn't have like people coming at you from all angles you didn't have like right now yeah we have so much that like is actually we're not capable i personally don't think we're actually built and capable to handle what comes at us on a day-to-day basis in this civilian life
0: and that was that environment you know i give my talk now and i talk about that time in Afghanistan 2012 as a commander of the platoon, as being my Maslow hierarchy of needs self actualized And then it was, the complete environment was, you were set up, you know, I didn't have a fam, I didn't have, you know, a wife and kids like the other guys. I can only imagine what it was now like, you know, appreciating that in hindsight. But I think it's also been me understanding myself at a personal level, even my own psychology and going back to trauma and all these things. My whole childhood, I started to develop like my ocd tendencies in my particular standards when my parents divorced i literally developed ocd tendencies to pull me into the moment to remove me from the worrying left right and center i went through my childhood like literally never having any friends we've had these sad conversations where i was literally sitting at the home waiting for people to for someone to call up and say hey do you want to hang out it was like would have been me winning the lotto and i defaulted to having a very bad relationship with food. I became very overweight. I used to hoard food. I would go for the sugar rush uh, in or- and smash lollies <laughs> in order to um, sate my feelings. Uh, and then I saw self actualization in going to the military because all the men that I'd grown up around throughout my entire life, who I'd aspired to be, had been in the military or military families. And then all of a sudden, because I am good at performing on tasks and applying myself, I was able to achieve well in my military tasks and then get natural leadership through constantly trying to prove myself to myself and others and then be able to be great at my job. And I've then, I think I said it to you, Sam, what I've realised my entire life is that I have outsourced my happiness to others. I've outsourced my self-value to be what others think of me. And I've never told them that. So it's an endless string and there's never been a parameter in there where I go, hey, you've actually achieved enough, you're good enough. And we can go into a whole fucking childhood psychology session <laughs> here if we need to. But just that one epiphany, like I look back and if I didn't have this crash the last three weeks ago, I look back and go, like, where would I have stopped? Like, because I think it's money, it's this, it's status, it's whatnot. But then like sitting here on a couch, speaking with you people, having my little pup on my lap, like it's just made me – realize what i have and the most dangerous thing about my psyche and its impact on my physiology is i can just get so caught in what do i need to do now in order to achieve the mission tomorrow and for further and further and it's that reflection and that pulling into the moment that has been the hardest part for me (coughs) do you feel as though you were that immersed in especially since the ABC thing started,
1: like your immersive mentality that you, you do, if someone would have stripped everything away from you that
0: you would have cared? Well, this... I mean, I kind of almost did that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the election, I nearly bankrupted myself. But, for instance, things like going and staying in a cabin by myself on the weekend without a phone or rowing a boat on the ocean out in the middle of it without you know, any land in sight, were the most scariest things to me, like, before going to the US. They just came up and ran in conversations, even, like, confined spaces. But, like, it was this control. Anywhere where mm. I did not have control or I did not have um, stimulation. You
2: had to be with yourself.
0: Yeah, I just couldn't. And, I mean, I don't think I brought up before that, like, I never drank coffee my entire career because I saw the guys being so, like, slave to it in the military and I just didn't need to have that. I have an addictive as personality as it is. And during the election campaign last year, I just started smashing pre workout to get the caffeine hits. And then a year ago, after the election campaign, because I was literally self conscious at how much pre workout I was taking and it was having an impact on my skin, I started drinking coffee. I don't even like the taste of coffee. So I was drinking <laughs> mockers. So I was having coffee, caffeine, with all this sugar and just loading myself and having two, three, four a day. And like I was just running off this stuff. And I just crave food. Like I could never stop eating. Like Sam knows you could not have anything sweet in the cupboard. I'd smash it. And now I'm like trying to force myself to eat. I don't have cravings. Like cutting out that sugar, cutting out that caffeine. It's just been incredible. And I've just had this reset. And now I'm sitting here going, I've been surrounded by you guys and girls have been (laughs) living it for last. You've literally been living with it in my same house. And you've been talking about it. And we've had podcasts about this. And I'm like, I've just always preached, but I haven't. But there was Welcome a point. Heston. <laughs> <Welcome>. <laughs> there was a point when we first started. I read back. I've gone back and watched some of our first podcast sessions, and I was in the flow, and we were in the flow, and that was all on point. But then, since then, even going back and having a look at some episodes during the election campaign the last year, I've gone to this place where I've been talking about what I think I'm meant to be talking about, or mm. yeah, and again, none of it's been truly authentic, to be honest. Playing the role. Mm. Yeah. I playing think
2: embodied is probably the word. Yeah. Like I think I've been we there. all had yeah. our moment to get here as well, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think sometimes like there's that uh, like well-known quote that says when the pain of change becomes no what is it when the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than change then that's when people do something different and so often a crash happens for someone to go oh shit i need to do something different in my life whether that's health or relationship or career or whatever it is and so often that will be the thing that occurs and and that's that's somebody's fate right like i can't I can't guide you on that journey or force you into something. Like sometimes you have to hit your rock bottom or whatever it is in order to make a change, in order for it to be embodied and stick. Whereas if someone's telling you, like often you're going to be repelled by that or you're not going to want to hear it or whatever it is. So I think sometimes it's just somebody's journey that they go on in order to find that. And I think we've all kind of been there.
0: Yeah, and I think interesting part for me as well has been, particularly the last two years, but the last year in particular, has then been like the medications that I've been taking to try and help me with this. So, for instance, diagnosed with ADHD, been smashing the Vyvanse to try and help keep me focused, and all it does is drive me further and further forward. In the US, what's the stuff called in the US? Adderall. Adderall. Yeah, like, when I take Adderall, it focuses me massively. Mm. Um, Through to then, I get so wired up that I need to take, like, an Ambien or a Xanax or stuff to, like, relax (laughs) and go to sleep. The uppers and downers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And always, (laughs) I've been, like, the biggest... Poo-poo stickler of like plant medicines. And it's hilarious because for me personally, whereas I've seen it otherwise, like 2015 when I was in the US, I literally got to see special forces guys from the US like cured of their PTSD through megadose MDMA therapy, through psilocybin mega and microdosing. Hence why when we ran the Victorian election, one of our policies was to decriminalize Um, cannabis and psilocybin and that's always come from a point of seeing how it's helped others but that's like hippie stuff that i'm not going to use and then (laughs) since going through my mdma and ketamine therapy and then since actually having a look at and getting into some psilocybin therapy and now being signed up to do some cannabis and thc support you know realizing that it comes down to reducing inflammation in the body which also is about reducing stress in your environment, through to how there are these natural plant medicines that have been out there for hundreds of years, but it's only in the last hundred years or less that we've decided to become commercial and pharmaceutical and then deny ourselves from these natural medicines that are occurring and instead we're using these um, opioids Mm. that my body type is the worst for it. My body now almost completely rejects alcohol. Like I get so physically sick when I do it. Mm. Cocaine is literally the worst drug for me because it overloads my system. Mm. And just understanding this, even though those are the social norms, you know, realising what is actually out there and how I can actually now, since my crash three weeks ago, since doing some psilocybin therapy like I'm in the best mental state and my body physically is the best it's been in so long and I'm so happy with the way I look in the mirror, which is like a massive thing for me. Could be a little bit bigger, but we'll get there. (laughs) That's next. And it's not come from any opioids. It hasn't come from all these prescription medications that i am pushed down my neck and how much I feel there's a blueprint here that I know I'm just discovering myself, but so many veterans out there, like this is a, a blueprint that is now becoming legal in Australia.
2: Can I mirror something first, though? Because yes. you keep pushing this um, ripped like a cheetah, awesome. However, you did say to me during this phase, um, you said you came in and you said, "Sam, for the first time, I actually like myself," <laughs> and I and that makes me emotional <laughs> because you said I looked in the mirror and I actually like myself. Yeah. And so this, like, looking in the mirror and actually um, liking who is looking back at you, isn't just because you've lost a, sh- a layer of of like, f- fluid around your body, it's like, because you actually love who you're
0: looking at. Yeah. And that's been, like I said, before I went to the US, like, you literally can see my social media. I wasn't in any of my social medias. I was unhappy with the way I looked. Mm. Um, I was, you know, I couldn't taste the difference between tap water and filtered water. I couldn't smell colognes. I literally hated the way I looked. And, like, there was this filter over everything that was removing the enjoyment and the happiness and the taste from everything. And all of a sudden it's off and I'm just like... Like imperfections that I look at, I knew in my head beforehand. I look in the mirror and it's just like, that's actually not bad. Like (laughs) you were making such a mountain out of a molehill. But it's scary for me to realise that that's literally the mental state. It's like wearing a set of glasses, but you don't know you're wearing the glasses. It it was on. And just that impact of the whole biology was having is so fascinating for me. eh?
3: It's a psychological shift as well. I would assert that the physical appearance of you back then what you're seeing now through your eyes now isn't that you didn't like the look of your body, but much rather you didn't like who you were in that moment. And so the shift now is you have more awareness through working with these plants and compounds that like Sam says, you can look in the mirror and love the body because you love who you are. Where back then you can see who you were back then and you're not that person now. So the association isn't the physicality. You're trying to find intricacies as to why you didn't like that person, but the real person is the inner person, the person who you were in that moment.
0: Yeah, I think there are, but even just the the inflammation perspective, like I can go back and have a look at, and you know, Sam, we've looked at some of the pictures of me like going in and out of court, and like literally seeing a picture where my face like looks inflamed and things like that. Like you can. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And it's a real thing, but I'm saying, I think a part of the chemical of you loving yourself and liking yourself is part of that transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Does that mean you actually get to enjoy some of the things you have in life now? It's just.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
2: As in, can we have pizza tonight?
0: (laughs) This is it. I I have this like (laughs) fearful um, handbrake on myself of like, being afraid of, you know, resorting back to the way things were, and it's it is like, uh, I love my family and I love my upbringing and I love all this perspective I have now, but it literally is what you're indoctrinated with as a child. Like again, I grew up in a military household where mum was always trying to be good food and nutrition, but I think I took a lot from dad, where it's like, you know, you just eat this, cover off on the basics, and you're eating this in order to achieve energy, in order to achieve that. And my relationship with for food, because then I had the terrible time where I was a fat kid, and like all the bullying and everything and like the self-hate I developed from that made me have such an unhealthy relationship with food for the rest of my life except in the Kamanos, like I would always meal prep and I I knew enough, you know, to keep me out and we were eating and training and exercising and also we're sort of training so hard and in such a flow with the tribe that, you know, your body's just Mm. performing at a massive level. You can smack whatever you want into it and we definitely treated our bodies badly but um yeah it's been de-indoctrinating that whole side of the house to have like a healthy relationship with food and look at it as like the nourishing macros and micros Mm -hmm. it is and look at like, I'm eating organic. Sam and I will go to the farmer's market tomorrow and I'm actually, like, so picky about having organic food. But I feel Why would you take it, take it too extreme once yeah. you've written on it? Yeah. Well, Sam, I fell
2: on the fucking floor. I was going to say, I'm how like, did you feel
0: when he person? turned into this person? I've <laughs> been telling the, him for so long. So before this, Sam will know, I have, like, um, frozen packets of steamed veggies that I'll put in the microwave. Like, my, my whole thing is cook it, yeah, package yeah. it, yeah. put it in the microwave. Efficiencies. Efficiencies,
2: yeah. Efficiencies, it's going to make me, the strong yeah. and i, ain't like got, I ain't got time to yeah time yeah,
0: to yeah. Time to <laughs> i measure my shit out I'm, someone says i need to eat this i do this i was so effective at being efficient but i was inefficiently effective <laughs> think about that one <laughs> now my mind's broken <laughs> <laughs> but so scotty someone like yourself has been doing this for so long why didn't you tell me oh <laughs> yeah right yeah right i
1: think it just fell on deaf ears somehow but yeah. um I definitely vibe with what Sam was saying. Sometimes you you speak and it's just like someone you know is not ready or you no know, it's not even that someone who cares about you so much and sees that you're in a you are strong, you know, because when you are that person you're immersed and you're doing that things you're a freaking strong dude. Yeah. And you're on a, a warpath, yeah. right? And I'm not going to put it, Fucking weak chink in your armor, dude. Yeah. You know, so I'll tell you, but it's kind of like I'll tell you in a way that, like, if you receive it, you receive. it. If you don't, you don't. We'll just keep moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now I know you need that strong boot to the neck to be able, to like,
0: dude, stop. We
2: need a safe word. Yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> a safe <laughs> word. And this is
0: like it's again just this weird. Like, I've never been, I've never been properly punched in the head. I've never been like beat up in a fight. I've never been like all these things. I've <laughs> never, I've never really lost a lot in my life. So I've never really had a lot of those jarring moments mm. that bring you back into it I have sort of in love and relationships and things like that but it's a very like that's a completely separate life to me in like professional Heston I've never been the election was a big smack
3: but like the pain teachers the pain teacher though yeah you know
0: pain teachers it really does well just this I just need to hold on to this perspective and not lose it that's the biggest thing and even th- it's been well, this, what
2: does that mean really for
0: you? I think it's been the spiritual side And it's such a weird word for me to even say, but it's actually been... good on you, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Well, I grew up in a very devout sort of church family, um, and I loved going to Sunday school and learning all that stuff. I used to go to church camp every school holidays, but I was the guy fishing yabbies out of the pond to feed everyone. I didn't even like yabbies, but I was useful, and people liked me if I brought them yabbies. (laughs) A trend here. Um, (laughs) But I was always taught, you know, even things like, you know, the Asian symbol of yin and yang evil symbol and all these sorts of things and i now really appreciate just how much of a spiritual battle the world is and it's not about religion and church it's about spirituality it's about connecting with the land it's about appreciating the the spark and the flame and the spirit you have inside you and appreciating that in others and not being afraid to draw on your emotions and look deeper into what they are telling you even just like ancestry appreciating your own bloodlines and appreciating i think the death of my nana was the loss of my loss of my last grandparent and you know i have five generations of veterans in my family um plus whatever else and just appreciating that there is that sort of dna programming in you and draw upon that strength and yeah, it's been really fascinating because most of the stuff has always been defaulting to god or defaulting to jesus Um, as you know make sure you say your prayers make sure you abide by these commandments but this has been the number one issue I've been facing as a gay man is all of these um, constructs Um, and watching this being played out between left and right sides of politics and its impacts on people's in society and the shame and all of this as opposed to so many of you and my mum and my sister it's come back to hey what makes you happy what brings you joy yeah. And I remember when I first told my sister I was gay in Canada, in Banff in 2015, she just stopped and, and turned around and looked at me and she said, are you doing anything illegal or are you hurting anybody? I said, no. She said, are you happy? I said, yes. And she's like, that's what counts. And it's like such profound <laughs> wise words <laughs> that I'm now like – because I've constantly been living in this place of like there's the expectations I'm meant to live up to from a religious side of the house with that side of my family – which i get constant rejection from from my sexuality Mm. i literally had someone else talking to me the other week it's like when you came to the church during the election campaign and you stood up and spoke we're like holy cow like we can get behind this dude and then you told us you were gay and we're like well we can't vote for you because you're gay and like that's just that's where we're at um and and i have such great conversations with this dude and i really helped him understand but we have all of these preconceived constructs and beliefs that are indoctrinated in us. And they come from a place of looking to control people in society. Mm-hmm. And that's
3: where the spiritual aspect is. Right? Yeah. For them, and I'm not against any religions. No. They all think the same thing. They believe in a higher source, a higher power.
0: And I believe in God 100%. But I think we've forgotten about like what he created, which is earth, which feeds us and nourishes us and connects us to land, sea, spirits, and ancestors other. and each other. Each other. It's yeah.
3: externalizing to a point. Like For the most part any religious ideology is an externalist, externalism of your inner world, right? Yeah. Here's the Here's the framework, follow the framework, or you can't be in the gang or the band, whatever it is, yeah. right? And the indoctrination occurs where humans don't have the ability to be autonomous in their journey because they're busy following this ideology. So you take away the spiritual connection to each other to the land, right, because you're following this ideology where the spiritualism or the spirituality comes from connecting to self, to each other, to the land, to the land's people, food, all of it. That's where the spirituality comes in and connects ourselves. And then we can have open conversations with each other and be held accountable with love and compassion and not animosity or you're sinning, you're going to go here. You know, there's none of that.
0: it's it's, it's all these templates we are told are sort of the ways to do things Mm -hmm. and this is where i just so feel like i've been so slow to this conversation we were so many people we recently closed down and completely wiped the australian values party off the map and we had so many amazing messages from people and everyone else is already so many people are already at this sort of spiritual level um so many other people are just so geared up in that fight or flight um you know from covid there's been so many conversations people call them the cookers you know people who've being cooked by the circumstances, but they're those people who are, I just say that cooked on cortisol and I was one of them. Like they're being stressed by the environment, which leads into this place of needing to fight or flight because they feel that's what's going to happen. And that's where I feel too much of the Western world is getting geared and geared and geared and geared up towards, you know, then war and conflict and things happen. But it's this love comparison, what makes people happy, appreciating that making money, economics is important to help people live and access and... Divide and close the gaps where there is inequality, but we just get so built up on never having enough. And I feel that's the sort of Western way that's so dangerous that we're always looking for more, 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 more. Whereas, even you know, some of my epiphanies doing my little psilocybin journey is like we are just all different tribes, and like we have the responsibility to care for Australia, which we've called home, yeah. and it has all these natural resources that are ours to trade with the rest of the world to receive what our people need, but also to help our global communities as well. We keep putting up these barriers around ourselves and say, no, this is ours, and if you want it, you have to come and take it by force. And sooner or later greed or the need to survive is going to force that sort of global conflict piece. But then we have languages that have become these barriers to us having these open and compassionate conversations. And, you know, China's always the big evil, you know, enemy up there but sit down and have conversations yeah and approach them with understanding not judgment and listen to why they want to do <laughs> this or do that people are trying to have conversations but they're censored yeah yeah this is very true yep. oh god we're not gonna get zapped are we right. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's just it's just, look i'm definitely don't know the answers i just want to so share how much my mindset has been blown open and as opposed to yeah like disregarding or insulting you know, those different um, constructs that I grew up with. I think it's so fascinating to look back and reflect on how I allowed them to constrict me so much yeah. and constrict me in the wrong reasons. Like there's a difference between being respectful and, um, you know, supporting each other and being compassionate and all that. Appreciating that just because somebody has a religious belief and a construct doesn't mean it's evil. Like it's, that's what they need to make them happy, allow them to do that and be respectful of that and appreciate we all have our own path. but As long as that path is working together, and appreciating who we are and not doing what I was doing and outsourcing my happiness and value to the expectations of others. Something you,
3: know? you said well, after your journey, um, we were talking about the spiritual connection and you said it was, it's a collaborative effort, yeah. right? There's a better way to do everything that we're doing. We talked about the parties, we talked about the greens and all of these yeah. things. You said, okay, there's a better way to do it and we can all collaborate and so give everybody a voice at the table and yeah. let's collaborate and unite as a nation yeah. and work from that point and keep it keep keep that spiritual connection from the ground up because there are people who are passionate about different areas when it comes to government there are people who are passionate about different areas yeah let them speak and if they see a better way of doing things let's make that the way
0: and that's it and, and that's collaborate and that's what we lost and that's what we were trying to when we did have a little venture into politics like every mission i play in afghanistan was like all of the planning team, like all the team commanders, and you literally have people in there who, you know, we grab this soldier and bring him in because he was just this intellect, but who thought about the most out of the box things. And you just tear the plan apart to come up with the best plan that everyone or nearly everyone was bought into mm. because we were going out to like risk everyone's lives to do that mission. And that's what I feel is so lost in politics. Everyone's trying to make their position known to win favour with that section of the community who's going to be their base to vote for them the next time, mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, these are the problems, let's all get together and develop working groups. You
1: know what else happens when you do that is, is good leadership, you know, to be respected as a leader, brings those people that you're leading into the mix yeah. and make sure that they have a percentage of the idea, that it is their idea, yeah. that then they back the idea and then they're passionately going to drive yeah exactly the mission forward yeah right and that's what happens if it's if the leadership the put the shields in yeah everyone else still has an opinion out there but it goes wildfire it's isolated yeah. instead of it coming in Yeah.
2: i don't even think this is just to do with politics and no, career and government it's actually if you look at the blue zones around the world and you ask them what are they doing that allows them to live longer mm. it's not actually any kind of micro macro nutrient thing like they're drinking or pill they're taking it's that they're sitting around a table with community and they're dancing and they're singing and they're having food together and they're connecting and it's this community and collaboration that's happening that's actually allowing people to live healthy and long lives and I think that's what we're missing like we're putting up fences and not talking to one another and you've got a different opinion to me so therefore I'm cutting you and unfollowing you and no longer going to communicate we're eating alone we're not like cooking anymore and Heston you were saying before you want to do something that where you don't lose this sense of spirituality and joy that you found Mm. and like automatically like well once a week we have to sit around as this like family friend group that we have and eat together and bring that joy into our lives because I know that works for me and I know it's so easy in this world to lose that and to just like forget to do that and, and get so bogged down in what we're doing when like a simple thing of like once a week if you're just connecting with people that you love Very like well.
1: you know that table you speak of I'll correct you there it should be a campfire. yes <laughs> <laughs> agree.
4: good pick the
3: fire yeah. is as long where as it all goes <laughs> as long as Will, <laughs> Will keeps his feet out of the fire we'll be yeah sure. we're good well I can heal it if, it's, if it goes yeah. out, it's fine <laughs> I mean,
0: you're not wrong and I, I mean they've done that. even like the own reflection for me like going and having a meal with people during that period before the US, was like, what, what's the purpose to it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this was one of mine. Me and, me and Bondi trigger. sat there one time. Me and a friend sat there one time with Hesto at a breakfast and he was on his phone the whole time and I was like ready to throw the table and Bondi le- luckily he like took over that but it was just like infuriating to see how unpresent you were you didn't care for it you like I don't even understand what the point of being here is and we were like dude it's just to connect and you just didn't understand that concept
1: <laughs> it was such you're an, wasting an, my time it's such an
0: inefficient use of time
2: what's the transaction here yeah, <laughs> but yeah, what do I get
0: that, that, that's the dangerous thing about me is I'm very good at being effectively efficient no I'm very good at being efficiently effective like there's so many things that I can do and that's where but I. But there was feel something
2: like, in you that feels like just connecting is not enough. Like, what is that?
0: Well, this has been it's the whole. Child, this has been the whole child connection piece. I've always tried to win people's um, favor over by being useful Through and bringing action. value. And like my love yeah. language is acts of service because I'm good at doing things to help other people's lives. Like I've always said that I feel like my ultimate play in life is actually as the ultimate chief of staff for the king of the world or the king of whatever. Like I'm great at bringing people and teams together. I'm great at stepping up and doing leadership when it's needed, but having connections with people where I have to invest myself in further personally and be additionally vulnerable, like outside of some key... I bet you there's some new terminology
1: that you would have got off this man about, <laughs> about just holding the space yeah. for someone. Well, Sam... He, Sam he, back then you would have been like, he said, what? No. He, what? Sam, that?
0: I've been living around that with Sam for a long time. But the whole thing, like even so very quickly coming out of Coming out of, like, my journey and coming out of the last couple of weeks, like, I now have a routine. Like, things like meditation for me is, like, the scariest thing. Not the scariest thing. is like, the most annoying thing. was like, why am I going to sit here doing nothing? <laughs> <laughs> totally. What is the purpose of this? Like, breathing techniques, yep, I can do some box breasts. I can do some figure eight breasts, great. When but I need it. Sitting there yeah. and forcing <laughs> myself to, like, focus on something and breathe, I realised, like, I struggle so much in my life at being present in the moment. So that is, like, the number one thing I have to, like, put on my chart to get better at. And it can start with a couple of minutes, even these guided, like, Sam's been at gym. She's given me these, like, guided meditations and, like, just... Dr. Joe, so, Are they Dr. Joe?
2: Uh, That's actually not one of them that I've given him, but I do know that one. But um, there's just been a few other... Ones. Like, honestly, sometimes it's just music that he needs yeah. to just bring the anxiety down and into the moment just to oh, I thought yep. music was starting then. Was like, that was <laughs> a horn or something. <laughs>
0: no, but just, and it also, but I've got to be careful because I can very easily default to things. Like I need music to do that. Mm. You know, this is the most mm. b- beautiful thing. We're sitting here right near my balcony where literally at night and in the morning I can hear the waves like crashing yeah. and just sitting there. And I've said it so many times in other podcasts, the best antidote to any and all mental health issues is bringing yourself to being present in the moment when it comes to anxiety looking forward and depression looking back. And it's those things that enable you to do that with joy. So like watching Copper, my little puppy, like play, I literally make myself watch him play (laughs) and don't let my mind run away and just see how authentically in the moment he is. I get joy from that moment.
1: Yeah, I can attest to that. Having a newborn. Yeah, oh, I could imagine. Kids? And yeah. they say small kids because I've, I'm I am yeah. like you. Yeah, yeah. I'm am am a you. <laughs> we are we are alike. We are alike. <laughs> it's the way we're indoctrinated. Sam and I have had many conversations about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, yes, having having a little precious golden girl yeah. there, you have to be. It's the same. And just yeah. from, and just you being have like, to be present. You're like, yeah. no. That phone's yeah. down and like it's amazing. So, and you that made that
0: thing.
3: I know, like, right?
1: Yes, he
0: did. <laughs> you made the yes, thing. I he he That just blows my mind. He even called it.
3: That's what's the best. Yeah. He uh. even called it. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> But it so looks
2: like me. <laughs> <laughs> Heston, what I can say is in the last two weeks, I have seen you be incredibly present in the things you've chosen to do. Like yeah. you're stretching. You've been so committed yeah. every day to do know, the fascia right? release, the stretching. I, stretching. I, I gonna gonna haven't
1: stretched in years. I haven't stretched in years. That's a hard thing. He's to do. doing <laughs> it
2: like twice a day. And <laughs> y- often it's in like silence and you're not distracted. And like, that's awesome to see. You're doing your meditation. Trust
0: me, I don't who know who I
2: am. Yeah, just drinking filtered water. We're going to the organic markets. Like we're do, for, oh, I don't know what's happening beans. right now.
1: Are
0: you wearing bees? Well, <laughs> like puffy I, pants. I don't want <laughs> sugar. He's like, he so should hang out. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Oh, it's geez. been... W- so, other tats. Other other massive... No tads. We other, talked about it. Yeah, other massive reflection that I've had is how bad my short-term memory was. Mm. How terrible my short-term memory it's was part of it we
4: would Called be selective what, hearing what do you know
1: because no, no, i'm no. still in that boat bro.
0: i know we, we <laughs> i know well this is it dude we yeah. would be having conversations with people particularly during the election campaign and even afterwards i go to all these veteran events and i'm like i'd be talking to someone and i'd be like sam what's her name like they've already introduced themselves to me i just had lost my short term memory, and the amount of psychologists I've had is like that's a PTSD thing. But it's when you're it's amped not up, just PTSD. No, it's just when it's you're not just PTSD. It's when you're amped up. It's the cortisol levels. It's this the is why dementia help, me, Will. help me, Alzheimer's,
3: help me. So like the studies that are coming through now, directly related to trauma and an upregulated nervous system. Yeah, mm. right? and and even same with Parkinson's as well. Yeah, these are nervous reactions or conditions that have happened from the body experiencing yeah. trauma. And you look already, like your memory's improved in the last two weeks already. Oh, massive. Just from getting rid of the shit.
2: What were you doing, Scotty?
1: It's exciting because I have fucking no memory. I just
2: thought you had a nervous twitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's hit a nerve. No, I'm
1: like...
3: He even does calendars now. Sometimes. Oh, no. I do calendars. (laughs) But,
0: you know, it's this upregulated nervous system. And that's what realising, we have nervous systems, particularly with what we've been through that are able to take a massive threshold of upregulation and require a massive deal. It
3: requires a lot of time and training as well. Like anything, you get 10,000 reps in something, you become a master of that craft. And that's the same with stress and condition to stress. You just find compensatory mechanisms to continue with the stress, so yeah. it doesn't impact you. Yeah. And because you are efficiently effective, yeah. you are finding more efficient and effective oh. ways to get. Oh, used but the to magic sauce is
1: you like being efficiently effective. <laughs> Why would you stop doing it if you really creating like creating a yeah.
3: simulation? Right, this is a simulation I was talking about. Like being fast, cre- create it's,
0: it. It's just and all the slow <laughs> is smooth. Smooth is fast. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting part is that there was one other time in my life where I could have had this reset. And I think it's when... I remember I was in these similar conditions where I was starting to have my like, body dysmorphia. I was having all these sort of social issues and I even started like acting out. And it was that last year I was together with Blake when I got made redundant from batteries. And I just went down this path of you know, trying to fill my life with everything other than sitting still and focusing on me. Distractions. Yeah. And yep. the fortunate part was that literally... Like The week that Blake and I broke up, we flew back to Australia and landed back as the first flights have to go into um, self-isolation for COVID, and we were in self-isolation for two weeks and out for a week, and then Australia went into lockdown for two weeks. So I should have gone to this massive place of self-reflection, relationship breakup, everything, but the whole world shut Mm. down, and next thing a week later, Blake was off to the US, and I was... Set on purpose because I responded so well to the chaos that so many people were going on in their own lives, and I, I likened it to be on deployment. And yeah, next thing I was helping people, yeah. and I was doing podcasts and interviews, and doing some community watch stuff, and getting groceries to people, and all this sort of stuff. And I immediately went to this new mechanism to deal with it. But where just, did the hurt go from the breakup? Um, I acted out a bit afterwards. Like I definitely held resentment, and even in this last couple of weeks of reflection, I've messaged Blake. I've messaged his. Current boyfriend Matthias, i messaged all these people. Like, I had all this resentment, and I blamed so much of that, of what I was experiencing on them. But I literally appreciating like what Sam's been living through and this mania I've been in. I was in that mania with Blake. This mania actually start, first started when I um, was called in to give evidence to the Brereton team, and they said that I had potentially done something to bring my lads into. Um, receiving any disciplinary action I spoke about this public this is me authorising them to fire warning shots instead of having to kill people and I remember I had a physical breakdown as I got grilled and being told that what I had said could potentially open them up to be prosecuted and it was funny because I went back to home that night and Blake's like hold on they're going to prosecute you for authorising your guys to not kill people but instead to shoot at them to stop and to take them prisoner alive I was like yeah he's like that's so stupid I was like yes but that's Australia remember it was so sweet that he had that epiphany but that's where this all started and that's where my sort of i need to fight to defend my lads has come from and then the abc thing piled on top of that so I've had all these reflection points and i realized how easy it is for me to get so fixated and focused on missions and that my weak spot is 100 percent my soldiers and that comes from having lost scotty smith overseas and having part of me that still feels some form of responsibility in some way and I get along so well with his mother and like she's messaging me and she's brilliant but that's a responsibility that I will never let go of because I mean it's part of your tribe I know that um, there's nothing I could have done and you can't sit there thinking about what could I have done to change that but it's just always something that I'll carry with me because when he died those next few hours afterwards were also the most inspiring time of my life Mm. watching the guys respond And just do what we needed to do to get him home and being in contact with the enemy who saw the dust go off and all came to attack us like it was the most inspiring time of my life so it's this whole juxtaposition of terrible tragedy but also in that tragedy getting to see the true magnificence of like the human spirit the ANZAC spirit all that so and i think the part that i'm actually struggling with and wanting to defend is that is that appreciation of that magnificence of that human spirit that I saw as opposed to me feeling responsible for his death. And I think I'm trying to defend the most perfect time I've ever seen in the world of like men doing their job for each other for all the right reasons from those who are trying to attack that back here without that sort of context. And that's that. This that's made me tear up a little bit now <laughs> that's the thing
3: that gets stripped away when we leave right yeah. like when we when we discharge that's the thing that gets stripped away yeah. and for the most part you ask any veteran that's the thing they miss most it's that brotherhood it's also
1: the thing that sucks the most because the media only reports on negativity that's right, and yeah. no one sees anything right they hear yeah. about the negativity yeah. you know or whatever they want to bring up for a headline but it's those positive moments and so many more like yeah. them that the australian public don't get to hear or see about you know, yeah. that's what sucks You're the right. most because that's that's one of many. I think on every yeah. tour, there is an experience where you get to see that camaraderie, you get to yeah. see humanity. Like, what shooting civilians? What about the, the thousands of civilians we've saved? Yeah. Us covering kids as the Taliban are shooting at them and all doing all that sort of stuff. It's never even
0: spoken about, heard about, yeah. uh, you know, ever. But And, and just, that's been part of my massive resentment with this whole ABC thing. I remember like, I've been on such... I've been sending emails to, like... The managing director David Henderson, the board of directors, when they've hit me with all these stupid subsequent allegations, I'm like, when are you guys going to report on the amazing missions that were conducted by our servicemen and women? You're focusing on this one time that you think something happened in November 2. We flew 67 missions, killed 117 insurgents, saw the most amazing feats of human spirit. Like, where are those stories that could inspire the next generations of Australia? Why are they not being told by the Australian taxpayer-funded media? Like these, these are all the mm. <laughs> trauma points and stress points. <laughs> yeah. that I'm just sitting yeah, which here, which
1: gave and and gave your um, yeah. your other version of you. Yeah.
0: But this and this is where we started Ammo. the voice. Of, this is where we started the voice of a veteran podcast, mate. Yeah, we need to start speaking at ourselves. Otherwise, other people will and they get it wrong. Like we need to start telling our stories. And this is then the point of conflict in the veteran community, like. Mm. I have not heard from any of my former commanders or any of the well-established, multi-million dollar veteran organisations that are meant to be there to support us during this because as soon as you're seen to be talking out publicly about this stuff, you get... Stay clear of him.
1: Yeah. you yeah. your head above the threshold, stay the F away from him. But you.
0: I tell you what, once success starts coming, once people start to see things like this ABC court case going, all of a sudden you get calls from some very interesting people. But anyway, and I've got to let go of that resentment because it's really been a very lonely, lonely place, but like the individual veterans out there like have to take it on board this is my whole philosophy on being a veteran so many people love to say oh, i'm a veteran you know and carry that flag but for me being a veteran is like a responsibility it's like your responsibility to do all that you can to make sure those brilliant experiences we had are passed on it's storytelling 101 it's you know legacy. It's, it's all these yeah. you know we we default to these other cultures because we're so young as a culture in australia and all these tribal cultures, it's all about storytelling, getting around the fire, telling these stories. If we're not telling these stories, and we think that we need to have them on social media and whatnot, like we need to go out of our way to make sure these stories are passed on, because otherwise we're you know, not doing our ancestors any favours, we're not doing the future generations any favours, and we're allowing this empty space that gets filled with negativity. I think the best way to combat negativity is to fill a space with positivity, so there's no room for the negativity to get in. Mm and that's just where we're at this is our society it looks to cut people down who speak up but i guess it all comes from then a place of that self actualization like if you know you're doing something for the right reasons for the right purpose and have that checked by those you trust like that's what you just have to forge on mm-hmm. because you're never going to satisfy everyone but it is what i think we need more of though eh?
3: yeah agreed
0: yeah
2: we've all spoken about this a lot i think this this topic which baffles me at the best of times in terms of not just the veteran community, but just Australia as a whole, of they just don't get around people who are doing good things. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if it's a comparison thing or, like, it brings shit up in them that they don't want to deal with or, like, they just don't want to see people win. I don't know. Well,
0: I think I've had this theory just because we're so isolated down here. Having said that, there are this – like, we have so much support from people quietly, but it's, like, it's the media. Like, it really is this whole media beast. Um, who has this sort of controlled narrative. It's easy to control people when they are in conflict, when they are in a elevated um, emotional and um, nervous state. Mm. Um, you know, people are ready to react and make split-second decisions as opposed to deliberate, centred, grounded um, conversations and um, discussions and decisions they're in. Mm-hmm. That's my little theory. Um, anyway, we're dragging on. We could sit here and speaking all night. I really want to, like... In subsequent ones get you guys together and speak a lot more there's so much expertise here um as again australia is now allowed psilocybin treatment um, mdma treatment all these treatments are coming in like first in the world for people to have them i really want so many veterans out there who may strike a chord with any of the things that i've been <coughs> experiencing of you guys have been experiencing to look into this stuff at least look into it and don't poo poo it like I've done all the conservative way we're taught to look at these drugs. Like alcohol is the worst drug out there, but it was the first to get in there and be commercialized and be regulated. Absolutely, and the wave is coming. And I say they're so excited. Like even for the veteran games we've got coming up, we now have a organic cannabis um, manufactured here in Australia um, company come on board as a sponsor. We've got a and you know an Australian shout out
2: to RAP Med.
0: Shout out to <laughs> RAP Med. We've also got you know an Australian manufactured um, psilocybin um, sponsor come on board. Shout out to Woke pharmaceuticals but they're changing the name so I don't know what they are yet but literally um, for those who have
1: just put the um, marijuana leaf on your sleeve sure. yeah, <laughs> good to go mate Mar- nice. Mar- Sick. a design Sick. give, a me, mushroom on the give other me that
0: multicolored <laughs> rainbow mushroom in day but um, yeah and that's the exciting part for us now in building like the veteran games, even from here is looking at those brands and looking at those products and looking at that information that we can. Collaborations. Yeah. So the the village we're going to build out there is going to be filled with, you know, not your sugar filled, you know, (laughs) sugar filled energy drinks and pie factories. Yeah. Soft soft candy. Soft candy. It's going to be from (laughs) those brands and businesses and people who are approaching us. Like we reached out to, All the big organisations, all the big companies, all the big billionaires everyone knows about, not one of them have come on board as a sponsor, but all these different veteran-owned businesses or all these holistic lifestyle or nootropics or community-based brands yeah, oh, yeah. and yes. hopefully
2: it's like a little bit about uh rewiring the way people can connect and yeah. engage and not feel like they have to come and get pierced in order to be able to That's communicate it. with each other it's yeah. about actually here's some education on what's out there yeah. what you can do and, and let's rewire and just show how much fun and joy we can create yeah. by just being who we are and drinking a savvy or like and you know or Having have, a, have an, have an, an organic or,
0: organic <laughs> barbecue yeah and it's not education stuffed in Jeez. your throat it's like hey like these are the brands that like we personally use these are now the brands that i personally use This is use. the way we live yeah these mm-hmm. are the yeah this, this is, is the way, way of live. life yeah yeah and that's the
3: important thing to note there for like the veterans is the healing journey for veterans transitioning and overcoming these mental health barriers and physical health barriers isn't related to the culture we once lived upon which was go away get blind drunk yeah. and drink right the big drinking culture for most of us that have come out and transitioned and found this healing journey to be successful, is in the way that you're setting up the village for the veteran games. Yeah, you know, it's all of these these ways or modalities and products that can aid in the support and healing for a lot of the veterans coming through.
0: And I truly think you know you've been such a big you are all been such big advocates of this manifestation piece. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, you need to plan diligently and put it into practice. Um, but Call it in. All of call how it in. How hard.
2: I just go <laughs> and do my womb practice elsewhere. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> how hard this whole process has been. Again, we've been focusing on government grants, you know, billionaires, big brands. But, again, even when we started this journey, it's all about the community and grabbing the power of the people to achieve the change where it's needed because all this reach down from the top down is how we get into these mess. So... I think all these obstacles have been put in the way to definitely appreciate this experience. But then even what I learned as well was wasn't being willing to ask for help. Like we weren't Mm. even allowing people into the process. You know, I was probably weighing down Sam with all these issues because I allowed her in because I knew how close she was to all the details and I could trust her. And I was just so hesitant to allow others in. But also because I was too afraid of them being exposed to the stress that I was under Mm. and the attacks as well. But then just simply sitting back, saying, "Hey, like I need help." All of you have come flopping, flocking. So many others have come flocking, flopping, flopping, <laughs> <laughs> belly, that's belly, that's flo- belly, belly, flopping. We were in, circling. Yeah. <laughs> we were circling. Yeah. But and it's and amazing, nice flopping. <laughs> and not not even having <laughs> to take over like you know a massive workload, but just that you know many hands make light work, and yep. the opportunities <laughs> that has opened up has been just so exponential. I. Eh? Mm. Anyway, it's been just a constant journey of reflection.
2: Some say that just any beginning. psychedelic uh, journey is like 10 years of therapy in one night. Yeah, well. And so there's more to say on, on, on that topic if you want to go there.
0: Yeah, I definitely, Will, I definitely want to sit down. So for those who don't know, Will, how can people go, so Will has come on board as my guru, I call him that now. So <laughs> Will's, been, Will's been dealing with plant medicine and psychedelics um, long before I, you know, picked up the mushroom that turns blue when you pick it um and
2: and also the power of breath work too power
0: of breath work every monday night we all get together and we do an hour's worth of breath work with will and the amazing part for me about your journey mate is that you've also come from the baseline of being a veteran yourself yeah so i guess straight away i have a much more sort of trusted connection there as opposed to some person who's you know arisen from the desert and lives in a teepee (laughs) and like just from where my conventional constructed mindset was yeah to actually be trusting in this process. It's been so fascinating. I want to have more conversations. Let people know how they can find you.
3: Uh, on my website. Yeah. mindmechanic.org.
0: Mind org, And
3: then Instagram. the TheMind.Mechanic
0: TheMind.Mechanic Yeah. Go find him. Will Burnett. There's so much more <laughs> to come from there. Ooh, lots and, more. And then Scotty, mate. You and Will are working together to build your own tribe of... Absolutely. ...crazy fit people as well. What did you just do the other day? The immersion course? We did a
1: 24-hour immersion course. But... You know how you said you went away with your um, commando selection and as soon as you found out more about how good breathing and stretching and you implemented it immediately? Yeah. This is what the immersion cause looks like, my friend. I mean, you it got is, it d- is an evolved version. It pays homage to the selection process, but it is not. It is a platform in which deeper, men can come and heal and figure their, their shit out and self-awareness and then also growth. We, we say it often. It's like a speedometer. We go from everything from healing to fucking high performance.
0: And, that's, and you actually do it through the environment of putting extreme stress on them, but then taking them through those coping mechanisms and yeah. deregulation. And well,
1: one of those key factors is what you, know, you weren't getting is that um, contrast between yeah. the things you already have and the appreciation of the things you don't have or yeah. you already have with something that is found in hardship. Yeah. So when you do that and you come along, even for a for twenty-four hour period, you go home and the food tastes better. Yeah, man. The air smells better. Yeah. Like <laughs> my friends are better. Like yeah. every, Everything is better. You know. Yeah. It's so funny. It we used to, to have that back in yeah.
0: like the regular army days of like sleeping under a hoochie and <laughs> eating muesli bars, but you just lose. I don't know. Everything
1: means more. Yeah. And
0: uh, and we're all about forging
1: connection and brotherhood. Yeah. You know, and, and we actually have a brotherhood, yet these these smaller groups that come through, 30 guys come through, now all of a sudden that 30 is a pack you can't fuck with. Yeah. They're, a, they're a brotherhood, right? Yeah, and they're, they're onto it. And then they're looking at the next thing. Sweet, Will, more breathing, please. Yeah. You know what I mean? Scotty, more of that, more of this. It's just like,
0: cool. How funny is it? You guys have been like doing this around me and I've just had like the blinkers on. It's been incredible. Like, it's so, just so fascinating for me at how... Easy it was to be fully immersed in my own world, thinking I knew what needed to be done. And that's, like, the huge wake-up call to me is, like, just that self-perspective, eh? That there's a f- and there's, a, there's been a fear for me of, like, what happens if it takes hold again, but, like, it's it's allowing myself to having got to that place as opposed to what happens overnight, I eh?
1: What you'll find is what we're doing, which yeah. you'll fall into that, well, now I need to teach people. Yeah. So you'll just come yeah. in. So we'll we'll, I, and we'll see you on the next one. Well, I'm also... <laughs> and I, I, I
0: thoroughly... <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy that, but I think I'm actually at a place of like, I've even said to Sam, like, I need just need to take some time to work on oh, me. I haven't taken time to work minute. on me, eh? so. How can people find out? Yeah, here out? we
2: are doing a, web, a podcast. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good start. So this is great. It's
0: yeah, a is great a, start. So the po- it, a You'll even know, like, I went away from the podcast for a while. The podcast yeah. is the best time to actually sit there and have these reflections. Otherwise, so, I'm not yeah. having reflections. Yep. And I always, like, thought it's inefficient looking back because you're resting on your laurels. It's no, you're listening to the lessons you've already learned, dickhead. Dust off that book and read it. <laughs> yeah. Don't think you know it. Pros listen back. Yeah, man. Yeah. How do people find out more about you, the immersion course, yep. Next
1: Op? So um, everything social media is just under my name, Scott Evanett, but the brand Will and I started is called My Next Op. Uh-huh. Yep. Is there a website? No, no, no website just going through our personal social at the moment. Everything is um is in build mode, has been for the last six months. Love it. Yeah. We have we focused on what we already had, which is a community. We have the Brotherhood, we have yeah. a connection, we have Zoom, we have a new platform under the Mighty Network. Like we already have and have had this Going for a very long time. Will and I have lived in two different worlds, but yet doing the same thing. Yeah. So with the combined forces, we already had that. Power powers combined. Yeah, exactly. We are Captain Planet. <laughs> 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 we c- it's the Power
0: Rangers get together and they create the Superbot <laughs> thing. Dude, yeah. I had a fantastic mushroom <laughs> conversation about Captain Planet. It? <laughs> funny well. it was funny. I, <laughs> it was funny.
2: Can I also just say, like, what you guys are doing is really epic. To see, you know, yeah. I've spoken about this where um, it's either one or the other a lot of the time, and people can't find this combination of like really honing in on their physical and their warriorness, and then, you know, having that spiritual component, the mindset component, the healing, the knowing how to have the tools and modalities to do that and you're combining it all and I think um, masculinity and the, and the need for masculinity right now in a world that says masculinity is bad. Yeah. You guys are really forging the way. And, Hessen, you're part yeah. of that as well, of, of being willing and having the courage to speak up about what you've been through and the courage to go through this and do the yeah. inner work. Mm. Um, one of Will's breathwork journeys that... I was on – actually put me through this whole reverence of men that I see doing this work and how that allows me as a woman to be who I am because I know that I feel safe because you guys are doing that. So thank you to all of you who are willing to do that.
0: Oh, that's cool. epic. epic.
1: Yeah, okay. Will and I create this left and right bumper alley where it's
0: like – It's just yin and yang. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I keep coming <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this hilarious? Like, the, the chi- Chinese else.
0: culture has been around for thousands of years and we keep thinking, like, we know shit. But, like, yin and yang, that balance and needing it's that balance – like they simplify it to these symbols and all this stuff that we just like now nah, move past we know better just come yeah. back to what the ancestors have taught us for fuck's sake jeez <laughs>
2: we just keep trying to get away from nature nature's like god they did it. come back
3: yeah,
0: yeah. come back that's so, where the medicines come from so my next stop the brotherhood yep. just find you on social scotty yep. evanet exactly. how do you spell your last name
1: E V E double n e double t
0: Good. There we go. No E on the end. <laughs> <laughs> I made that mistake.
1: No R either. No? Evernet. Yeah, Ever, that's right. Ever, Ever. Ever.
2: Evernet. Evernet. No. And Sam?
0: No. Sam, the ever-wise guide who's been there always.
2: Yeah, I like being mysterious. Yeah. You can't Sam, find me anywhere. Leave Sam alone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> leave Sam alone. You have She'll to deal follow you. With Um you. Come <laughs> and follow the Cooper.
2: Veteran Games and you'll yeah. find me there.
0: Come yeah. follow the Veteran Games. VeteranGames.com. If you're a brand or business out there and wants to get involved, loves the idea of our holistic health community or just – can help us spread the word to reach more veterans. Please get a, go to veterangames.com and let us know, and we'd love to get you involved. We'll Heston,
2: ta- how can we keep you accountable to staying connected to the spiritual Heston that's been emerging?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got to get through this ABC court case end of July. Job's on.
2: Heston, how can we keep you accountable? (laughs) I love it. How's that that response?
0: I love it. Immediately. Ultimate director. Well, well, it'll step aside for a second
1: because I'm just going (laughs) to- I'm not important.
0: (laughs) immediately- Challenge him, Sam. Challenge him. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Challenge him. What's going to be our safe word? Apparently, I still have work to be done. Yeah. 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 It'll put spiritual on hold for a second. (laughs) It's going to put a lot of hold. It's so funny. The thing that you want us to keep you accountable for. That was a pop quiz and I failed hardcore, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Publicly. I think it's his routine team that i've gotten into and i think it's really just this <laughs> self-awareness so in particular like the breath work i really are pe- can people join breath work absolutely can. So yep. like yep. Yeah. this breath i've all done the box breathing and all Every that monday, will does mindful this monday yeah. will, will yep. does this mindful monday breath work where i did it after i came back from the u.s and i literally went into like a um what's it called
3: euphoric state,
0: euphoric state, state. Of consciousness yeah where yeah. like i literally you know felt connected with my nana and my papa and I was like bawling my eyes out. Like going through that sort of psychedelic process that it stimulates your brains to do that just through breath work. There were no substances taken. No. I had a full like psychedelic experience just through breath work. It, and was, it was less than an hour. Intense. It yeah. was incredible. Um, yeah. How do people just get into contact with you your socials and then get involved? Yeah. Can yeah, we
3: link Scotty it somehow? Scotty on my yeah, go social. Th- yeah. yeah.
2: So we'll put the link to your, um, in the uh, like, what's it called? It's not know. the show notes. It's like when you're watching this po- – when you're listening to this podcast, there's like a little box to say like our names and stuff go there and the link will be yeah, in there. Yeah, cool.
0: Get
1: yeah, involved. We'd love yeah, to have you on board. Yeah. And look for – it's called Mindful Mondays. Mindful, Mindful, Mindful Mondays. 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 And yep. it's free. On yeah, but what? It's it's, it's, free. On,
3: it's online. So you get on – But
1: once what you are we
2: typing Mindful Mondays into?
3: When you follow the link, it'll yeah. take you to our oh, okay. online digital environment. If you land on Will's page, if you,
1: oh, page, and if if you, you go, go to Will, yeah, 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 go, if you to, go the to the Mind Mechanic, for example. So
0: go- wow, this was oh, difficult. <laughs> Very quickly, go to, what is your website? TheMindMechanic.org. <laughs> TheMindMechanic.org. The and go to the community. Go to the community page. Yep. Search for.
3: Well, when, once Let's you see. jump in there, you'll see it. Mindful okay. Mondays.
0: Mindful Mondays. Yep. Join it. What time is it? Seven o'clock, seven PM Australian, seven the PM Australian is standard time on Monday. Monday. Yep. Join, Come it. And join it. It's so good it's to go. It's
3: free, no excuse. And even if you do miss it, we record and upload and put it in the library. So there is like ah, there is a, a, a huge any day list. You of want?
1: You have to wait till Monday, brother. Yeah, yeah. I did
3: not know this. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> can breathwork go back, nut. you can go back and redo any ones that you liked. Yeah. 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 And the
0: most amazing thing is what you guys have done it to music. So yeah, this that's is correct. this is the big stimulating thing for me. Like I've done breathwork. But you've like done it as if it's curated like a Barry's class. Like back in the day, like (laughs) a Barry's class, all the workouts were curated to the music. When the beat drops, you're sprinting and all this. You've done it so it's like you are obviously guiding us through it, but then the beat drops and I can already tell like how I'm meant to be breathing. It's a whole new concept for me. So anyway, get on there and have a look for yourself and give it a go. Like, I, yeah, so doing things like that, maintaining this routine, 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 routine grabbing myself into those, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes of the day, grounding myself, this new thing where I walk without shoes on the oh, beach. Oh, this man's holding
2: space Whoa. for sure. This well, man's holding space He's even for leaving sure. his thongs at home from the walk, from know. here to the I, beach. I live 150 wow. metres from the beach. Goes and i
0: actually now, even this fascinating thing for me, I used to hate walking barefooted because my feet are so sensitive. But we even did some, like, triggerable release on my feet and stuff. I can actually now walk, like... Just stretching. Oh, oh, it's crazy. It it's did. just incredible. Anyway, and <laughs> grounding myself on the beach, walking copper on the beach, morning and evening. Like, yeah.
2: So just your normal rituals is what you need? Yeah. Okay. What is it?
0: Healthy habits. Develop them into rituals. Apply. Oh, but no, also- I oh, know
1: you've fully changed when you're doing ice baths because I know you don't oh, like, I do a cold <laughs> shower. It's <laughs> a cold shower. That's yeah. where we start up. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah.
0: But um, yeah, and then also having to maintain this tribe and this community. Like just having to- get myself to be social because i can sit here and come up with plans to take over the world left right and center more so helping people than take over the world but needing to actually get out there and put circuit breakers in and say hey regardless if it's not food that i want to eat and i can have cheaper food back home let's all go and sit down and Have dinner somewhere for the sake of weekly weekly. check in, weekly, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and
3: check in as well. It's so nourishing. Removing the efficiency from
0: my head, like this is going to cost money. This is this. This is this. Like no, the benefits you get. Like we couldn't have that steak, mate. The best steak on earth. (laughs) Anyway, that was a great steak. Post journey steak was just fantastic. I felt very grounded and connected to. Shout out to Ember, Ember and Byron Bay. Ember, Ember and Byron Bay. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, well, gangsters, I'm going to wrap this up. thank you all so much for being here to have these discussions Say thank you even more so for being a part of all of the stuff behind the scenes and love to get together and do another one sometime You're welcome nice thank you yep. for those online thank you for listening in to the Heston Russell po- voice of a veteran podcast uh, this one's also been filmed so you can head over to my YouTube youtube.com slash Heston Russell otherwise go to the website hestonrussell.com follow me on socials keep up to date and uh, thanks so much for listening catch you next time
1: see ya Bye. Peace. <laughs> what do you mean?